there is that question that that is what is stably me um and there is something that is stably us and and that is that that critical piece that kind of needs to go in there i mean if we're destabilizing this 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 self that we have related to as us we do want to put something else in and as soon as we start saying thoughts are just thoughts um you know that's going to extend to my thoughts about myself are just thoughts uh, reasons I give about my behavior are just that they're just reasons rules I hold about the world are just that they're just rules mm-hmm. um and it's only about looking at whether they're useful or not it's not about this truth well then there is this other self that that it's important that people want to access like what you're saying there like that's what you want to know <laughs> when once once all that stuff gets thrown up in the air um there does need to be um are there, you know, there is a, another broader self that wants to be, uh, we want to yeah. access. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome back to Act Root to Fruit. My name is Marcel Tassara. I'm a psychologist on a quest to appreciate the roots of these contextual behavioral sciences so that the fruit that I deliver to my clients and hopefully the ones you deliver to are as pristine as possible and, and, and that... we're working as precise as possible so excited to bring you this episode today with dr louise McHugh to talk about all things self the big bad self as context uh, broken down and i think that uh, we get into a discussion that allows for great understanding around how we as act uh, clinicians and um, practitioners can um, appreciate this self as context and, and see how to weave it in in the work that we do. So if, if you're someone who is um, interested in the self, which I hope everyone is, because to me, I, I think that it's really psychologically one of the most paramount things to consider. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. It's kind of a I hope you enjoy this episode. We, we, we go have a little bit of a, a friendly RFT crash course and, um, and look at how RFT is useful for understanding selfing behavior. And um, Louise McHugh is a uh, professor of psychology at the University College Dublin. Uh, she is a fellow in the Association for Contextual Behavioral Sciences and co-editor of The Self and Perspective Taking and a co-author of uh, Contextual Behavioral Guide to the Self, which I believe to be one of the most important books in uh, the CBS um, canon of literature, in my humble opinion. Mm, We get into a guided meditation, which for the audio version of this podcast, I'll separate out, uh, which would be easier to access. Uh, She sometimes does trainings through Act Now Purposeful Living, which I will provide a link to and you can check. Uh, Also, if you are interested in some group consultation and um, interpersonal training group learning get a hold of me as we come to a close of 2021 i want to acknowledge the recent passing of dr bob kolenberg one of our elders in the contextual behavioral sciences he and mavis i developed uh, fap functional analytic psychotherapy he uh, recently departed this physical plane with uh, a show of grace and love that was uh, so in line with who who he was as a man and, and a human and so if you're not familiar with with Bob's work I highly recommend you familiarize yourself with uh, the beauty that uh, he was able to find and transmit and put into a therapeutic process I mean uh, so um, just want to extend that uh, that love for my my fellow Milwaukeean Bob Cullenberg so without further ado here is some self some self-talk well what did you what do you think about you know um the topic of, of self and RFT. I know that, and you know, as I was preparing and um, revisiting your book, I was just thinking about how mm, to list, I don't know how hard it is to talk about RFT 
without, you know, so that people, cause it's, it's not, I don't know. It's something for me that I have to like sit down with and really go over word by word. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And like, actually like the core concepts are quite simple, uh, if not always written about in that way, in some ways, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we relate things in terms of each other. Um, and you know, there's, there's, you know, there's no bigger without smaller. So, you know, if you either exist or there's another person you can compare it to, then you relate those things in terms of each other. One's bigger, one's smaller. Um, but that relating, we can do it in arbitrary ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not just about one's physically bigger and something's physically smaller. I can start relating to things as one's better but it could be an arbitrary based on social whim better. So it might be that in the nineties, uh, what's better is, you know, heroin chic. So now I'm worse if I'm not really thin because that's what, mm. yeah, that's what the, the social whim has set a context where that's how I'm going to use that or relate those um, things in terms of each other, me and my weight versus other and others weight. Um, and if the comparison is, thin is better then that's the way I'm going to relate myself to others that are more thin than I um, and that's social whim right because at different times what's fashionable in terms of bodies and style and fashion and you know all sorts of all sorts of fads um, uh, that's all social whim mm-hmm. but then the products of that is very real so we can relate in these arbitrary ways it's not that one is actually better than the other um it's not that a certain brand of runner is better than another in in the Mm. in the absolute sense but then once in the context of fashion or trends that's what we learn is better then we relate to them in this way and that will then have a consequence for our behavior we might choose to buy one brand over the other because we've we relate to it as better Mm. um so and that's great i mean when it comes to buying shoes but when it comes to how we view ourselves like that kind of relating things in terms of each other be, and the way that it's so arbitrary can become really problematic. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. Do, would you say that socially it's common for kind of colloquially for people to think there is an absolute better? There's... Well, I mean, you know, I think locally we, we, we operate in the world as if there is one truth and reality often. That's kind of how we, without thinking about it, I think, you know, if someone was to say, if you say to somebody on the street, there's no truth in reality, <laughs> there's no one truth in reality, that, that would be startling, <laughs> surprising, mm-hmm. um, and not something they would reflect on outside of just assuming it, you know, in, in some way, we sort of just assume there's this just one truth. But um, actually, you know, when we start to do this relating, when we start to do this putting uh, thoughts and evaluations and categorizing things, um, then it becomes also arbitrary and nuanced that that idea of thinking about is there a better or a true isn't really um, the most useful space to, to be in. Yeah. It's, it's better to start moving towards yeah. uh, is, is believing this is better helpful for me or not. Mm-hmm. Um, in this context and so that's sort of the pivot it's that it's it's as true as it's helpful for me and and helpful mm-hmm. for me to get access to a vital life that's um you know from my experience what i want to be about yeah um, yeah it makes me think of um one of the original rft teachers the big lebowski you know as he used to yeah. say like that's that's just your opinion man yeah. that's just your opinion man right yeah. <laughs> you know and like even saying that to ourselves all the time is good right you know that 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 yeah that's it's just an opinion right yeah uh, yeah and it, and it is but it's so real at the time you know that feel like we're not like you know this whole idea of self like it's it, you know it, when we talk about it in rft it's it's like more an action of selfing because it's something you do like dancing or singing but you know it's, kind of call it self and we sort of reinforce each other for talking about ourselves and that noun sense of we give a description i'm honest i'm uh silly i'm uh whatever ugly whatever um but we don't really reinforce each other for sort of for actually what it is which is noticing we're just relating things 
um, relating ourselves to other things. Like it's, I'm really, what we're saying is I, I'm relating myself as uglier, as, you know, sillier, uh, as whatever. Um, and that's that same thing. I would just be if there wasn't other, others to compare myself to. So mm -hmm. then all those descriptions about myself are comparisons and comparisons are relating things in terms of each other. And does it have to be verbally mediated? So the, the, sen the sense of self? Yeah. So for us, like, I mean, you know, an, an awareness of self, you know, you could do some like experiments where they'll get, you know, like chimpanzees to they'll put like a red dot on their nose and they put them in front of them and they'll wipe it off. So mm -hmm. there's on some basic awareness of, of our, of our, our, our sense of self um, might be non-verbal in that way. But once then, uh, the type of way that we have a sense of self that we'll talk about so freely, you know, if you're in an interview, if you're meeting someone for the first time, all that stuff, the, the, the question of who are you and all those answers you'll give, that's all, that's all, um, that's all verbal, you know, that's all uh, relating arbitrarily to myself and the world and coming up with a coherent story about who that is. Yeah. Um, of, like, of course, I'm basing it on some, um, on, on, you know, actions that I might have done. Um, and then I'm relating those in the world. So um, that's in there. But I think the story, the story, which is the self that we're mostly talking about um, to each other, I think, definitely when you're uh, there chatting to someone for the first time about who you are. Oh, that's you're choppy there. I'm sorry. It cut out. It cut out there for a minute. Yeah. Cool. You said the story. Yeah, I mean, that story is is the story that we give, which is how we describe ourselves when someone asks us, who are we? Mm -hmm. that, that's verbal. You know, that's that's relating things in terms of each other in arbitrary okay. ways. Yeah. Um, and well, we're kind of we're kind of jumping in here and I'm I'm thinking <laughs> about if if we should kind of. Um, uh, where should we start in terms of talking about the self? Well, I think. Um, you see, it's of interest to all people working with people because every single person, I mean, if you're interested in, um, you know, you're going to talk about something like addiction or you're going to talk about um, depression or anxiety, there might be certain clients or people you're going to work with that might say or, or relate to having those. Um, but with the self, <laughs> there's every person that you interact with, they've one of those and they've mm -hmm. one of those that they want to um they want to have a healthy relationship with themselves you know that that thing where our most important relationship is with ourselves we hear that we know that we can't get away from ourselves mm -hmm. when we try to get away from ourselves that's when the very difficult stuff or when difficult stuff happens because mm -hmm. i try to deny my experience or conceal aspects of myself or um yeah hide aspects of myself that's that trying to get away from myself or not be me stuff um you know, that's where we see that's experiential avoidance and, and we see that's where sort of distortions can come up in our behavior. Um, so that self relationship, then that, 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 that I'm always around me, I'm <laughs> not getting away from me. Um, so that's that really important piece about getting that relationship right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, I, and yeah, getting that relationship healthy and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I and I, I I love that um, that introduction to thinking about this in terms of the importance and uh, it not just being some, you know, when when we're um, thinking about us ourselves as ex practitioners and not just being some kind of activity that I do, um, some metaphor that I give and then move on. Yeah, yeah, um, and it, it, say more about that. <laughs> well, I just. I think that, you know, my, um, you know, you, we hear, and, and as we, as we get trained and act and start to learn about it, that the self is context is the, yeah. that's the boogeyman. And, um, oh, yeah, know, yeah. I, I think that that's like, I don't know, if, I don't know if, um, if that is kind of like, I'll, I'll figure that thing out later. And, um, yeah. and I don't know, I guess it just where I am right now, it's one of the most important questions I have about myself and, you know, my, you know, who am I? And it's, it's, it's it, right now I'm in a place where it's, it's paramount and I just, it's feels so vital yeah. to, to the work that I do with my, you know, just per, interpersonally and then also with clients. Cause that awareness piece, um, and 
you know, like once you're in doing, once you're moving people away from seeing their thoughts as, as truths, once you're moving people away from trying to, or to notice that with your feelings, you know, it's leaning into them, but that they will come and go and change and vary and that they're not just one thing. You're not just always anxious. You're not just always a thought. You're not just always a description of boring. I mean, we are variable. Then, then you know, th there is that question that that is, what is stably me? Um, and there is something that is stably us. And, and that is that that critical piece that kind of needs to go in there. I mean, if we're destabilizing this, this, this self that we have related to as us, we do want to put something else in. And as soon as we start saying thoughts are just thoughts, um, you know, that's going to extend to my thoughts about myself are just thoughts. Uh, reasons I give about my behavior are just that they're just reasons rules I hold about the world are just that they're just rules um, mm -hmm. and it's only about looking at whether they're useful or not it's not about this truth well then there is this other self that that it's important that people want to access like what you're saying there like that's what you want to know <laughs> when, once once all that stuff gets thrown up in the air um, there does need to be um are there, you know, there is a, another broader self that wants to be, uh, we want to yeah. access. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, as we wade into this pool, how, how is RFT useful for us as clinicians to, to um, work in this way and to help, help clients with these selfing issues? Yeah, I think for like the RFT for the self one is probably the most important in the act. And well, I, I don't know. It is important. Let's say that. Let's say that. It's the best. It's, <laughs> it's the best. It's, well, it's, you know, in, as in some of the processes, it kind of might be harder, like acceptance to, to see why exactly does an RFT break down of that and essential to understanding leaning in. But with the, you know, the awareness of self piece, because um, understanding that the first of all that the story of self is this is this arbitrary relating um is helpful because that allows us to sort of see uh, what these stories and narratives theoretically we can understand what these stories and narratives of people are which then allows us to help us also broaden out from the stories <laughs> um so you know if I in, in earlier on was talking about the example of like comparisons, that's ways of relating things in terms of each other, better, worse, evaluating. Mm -hmm. But then also when we're trying to foster that awareness or that eye that's there across time, that that also involves patterns of relating. Um, but there are specific ones. And it's um, first of all, um, we can relate based on perspective, um, which means that I can learn uh, to relate that my perspective, I here and now, is different to other people's there and then. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a type of um, learned behavior, uh, if we want to call it operant and um, behavioral analytic terms, mm -hmm. um, in the sense that we can train up this these relating of I versus you, that interpersonal here versus there, spatial, and now versus then temporal relating. Um, and those relations come to get flexibly learned can allow us to then take perspective of other people's wants, wishes and desires as distinct to ours, mm -hmm. but also of our own wants, wishes and desires. And then as we go out to the awareness, it's the capacity to be able to derive relations across I here now, I there then that allows me to access that sort of witness experience um, of I as awareness of these experiences. Mm -hmm. So those perspective relating uh, relations, it, it, relation frame theory allows us to have an understanding of how it is that we can go about trying to flexibly build um, that kind of perspective taking repertoire for clients um, in order to have that broader sense of, of self mm -hmm. uh, or that awareness. Um, and then the other um, one of the other pieces in relational frame theory um, that's it, that, that allows us to understand how it is humans can do this is that one way we can relate is we can classify things. Um, and that is that like I, I, can, I can classify a group of things like, oh, there's this group of animals. And in the group of animals, there's dogs, cats, fish, whatever. Um, 
but that that ability to classify or might be called an RFT to relate in a hierarchy, you know, like classify or categorize, um, means that we can actually see ourselves as an eye that's broader than and contains all these parts of my sensations, my feelings, my thoughts, my memories, all of those can be parts of me and still at the top of that hierarchy, just like animal can contain all of these other categories of animal types, I at the top of the hierarchy can contain my feelings, wishes, memories, thoughts, evaluations. I don't have to be any one of them. I can be the container of all of those. Um, and so I guess with relational frame theory, um, then really thinking about when doing exercises to flexibly build this sense of the self-awareness, this I, um, really using the, these patterns of relating, of perspective taking, and also classifying to broaden out that sense of, of I as the perspective um, is helpful, I think. Yeah. But you know, one thing that might be good to say there is that they have done some studies where sometimes when people will set up exercises around um, the self as context or, you know, the, this observer, observer, experience, observer of your experiences, um, that they might just go for you are distinct from your experiences versus you are the container of your experiences. Um, and some studies have made the direct comparison, um, Mairead Foody and Yvonne Burns-Holmes and Carmen Luciano, they've done some studies where they've actually compared an observer you exercise that just talked about being distinct from your experiences, the relation of distinction, versus mm -hmm. that you are, the, you are the container of your experiences being the emphasis and that is this hierarchical classification um, and that it was more effective. Um, container. Yes. Yeah, because I think about the distancing can be a little dangerous. It could kind of be like sanctioned disassociation in a way. Yeah. That we do sometimes with clients. Yeah, like it's missing the piece that it's it's not that it's not you, but it's you're so much more than this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's something varying that, yeah, you've had this experience. Absolutely, you've had this thought. Um, you've had this evaluation, but you don't, you know, you're just so much more than that. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. and that's, that's passing. It can come and go. Okay. Um, without challenge, it can come and go without it being a challenge to your fundamental self. Yeah. Um, which is really important if I have, you know, a belief that I think is. Uh, if I'm married. <laughs> yeah, okay, if I'm married, all right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but, you know, I think it's it's you know like the 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 where our minds can go if if we can kind of access that you know that we can derive all sorts of relations around things. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually thinking of that like you know if you're married, but I remember uh, you know when I started in a relationship with somebody, and it, this has come to my mind recently as I thought it was such a derived relation. But mm -hmm. they were like, I was I was thinking you know when I met you because you're you're an academic that you might you know you'd probably be too smart for me, but now it's okay. <laughs> and, I, and I was like but I derived it this was a compliment they were just being sweet you know but I derived that oh they don't think I'm smart anymore mm, like they thought mm -hmm. I'd be smart and I'm not mm -hmm. um so I was going off on that tangent um but but I was thinking you know these derived relations like you know yeah I, may, I might be right I might not be right but I mean you could really go off on that tangent mm -hmm. and um if like if, if I'm defensive around I'm smart, me looking smart to the world is important because mm -hmm. I don't think I am. And that said, the tangent I could go off and could be so defensive and distorted and not matching. And, and it could be in communication where both people have no idea why it's going the direction it's going. Right. Like if I'm yeah. now thinking this person doesn't think I'm smart enough, I'm not enough. And the person thinks they're complimenting me and no one's saying out loud. These are the drive relations we're having. <laughs> these are the thoughts we're having. They're just thoughts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so like the derived is powerful there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Lovely. I think yeah, I like that. <laughs> that I heard a comedian say something about like if you want to know how attractive people think you are, to go up to someone and say, "Wow, we look a lot alike," and see the. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliantly yeah. funny. Um, when you use the word <laughs> um, derived, uh, would you say that people could who don't have a working knowledge of RFT could use the same colloquial definition of der derivation or derived as RFT uses? Um, do I think they'd understand what I meant about what I derived there? Yeah. yeah. But I do I think generally, do they understand that what, what is meant, uh, like I suppose, in the technical sense, 
because it is quite specific to untrained, something that's untrained, that we've, it's an unlearned thing that we never learned before, but because we've related other things, we're able to derive that in okay. um, the T sense. So like if I know that A is bigger than B, and I then learn that B is um, uh, B is bigger than C. I have never learned anything about A and C's relationship to each other, but I can mm-hmm. derive that. A bit like, like, I used to think you'd be too smart for me, but I'm not worried about that anymore. <laughs> like, nothing's being said, <laughs> but uh-huh. I can derive it, right? But uh-huh. uh, I mean, we might need the next one in there, but yeah. So it's, yeah, I think. Um, but there was a lot you could derive from that, right? I mean, we could sit here. Oh. And- Good. And that's that. I think that's important. So like in case somebody was there thinking, oh, but I think you were right. And it's like that that isn't that it's not about whether I'm right or wrong. It's that there is many places I could go there mm-hmm. that may or may not be right. And yeah, um, and, and it's it's the the noticing that rather than going off into um, the whatever I derive from that and my story, feeding my story and defending my sense of self and and. Mm-hmm. and how I, where does that, what, I mean, the fusion that I could have with that might never check in and, and like that could lead to paranoia too. I could mm-hmm. be right, I might not be right, but it's, is it useful for me or not? Like in yeah. this moment, is it useful for me to now feel really attacked, <laughs> you know, or, or is it useful for me to maybe whatever, whatever it might be that's useful. Like, you know, I don't know, it might be useful to, to probe a bit more. <laughs> it might not be. It might be useful to just notice that, hey, maybe I'm maybe I'm worried about not being good enough right now and, mm-hmm. and that's okay, but I don't need to react okay. to that. Yeah. Well, and so for this example, I'm wondering, like, how does, like, let's say that, you know, you were, we were thinking about this in terms of someone we're working with, in terms of them getting some feedback or, you know, uh, an interaction and how they, how does kind of having some uh, uh, a brain that works, how, do, how does having a um, uh, uh, understanding of, of RFT and, a, and selfing help you add, functionally think about what's going on for the person? Yeah. Well, I, I think what, what, what's going on for the person and then what, what's go, what would be healthy <laughs> to do in that situation. Yeah. yeah. So what's going on for the person. Um, well, this, the, the, the one thing that happens when we relate things, and this is what's probably powerfully psychologically interesting to us as people who care about psychology and not just logistics, some of the RFT stuff can seem a bit like, okay, we can relate things and we'll be able to predict what we relate, feels like logistics. Um, but the, the you, thing did that, you say logistics? Well, like it's like logistics if we're just looking at little calculations of predicting yeah. what we will relate. Um, you know, that A to B and B to C that I said there, you might think, well, that's cool, but like, is that psychology? But but the the part that gets really psychologically significant is that the effects of the things that we relate transform to each other, transfer to each other. Mm-hmm. So like, the, the, you know, an example that's often said is that, you know, if you're frightened of something, are you frightened of anything? Mm, oh yeah. Uh, my I, children being, uh, you know, hurt for sure. Okay. Yeah. So if I told you that the, there's an actual word in, in Gaelic Irish for children being hurt, um, mm-hmm. and that word is madra. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though that, you know, and then I said, actually, uh, did you know that you, your children, whether you have them now or your future children are going to be madra? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have, you know, you've never heard that word before, I assume madra. Um, yet now I've just paired that with this, this other thing that you have learning history of children being hurt. Yeah. And now probably you can even have the visceral response to, if you know, ch- the idea of children being hurt and hearing madra. Um, or like if you were scared of dogs and you have the physiological reaction, like, you know, mm-hmm. heart beating and palm sweating to, yeah. and then I said, Madra is the Irish for dog. And then there's a Madra behind you. <laughs> You'll have the actual effects you would have if in, in the presence of the actual pain. The actual yeah, pain. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So when we're relating, the effects of things are also transforming. So all of what it means to me to be smart, when I think I'm deriving that this person thinks I'm not that, all of that history is coming there and all of the properties. If, if 
if with smart is wisdom, success, being enough, importance, mm -hmm. if all of that's there in my learning history, and it'll be different for all of us, our exact learning history of particular words. Well, then when I'm deriving, you think I'm not that, I'm also deriving that you think I'm not wise, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you know and, and all that's transforming. So like psychologically, the, we relate things arbitrarily, but there, our whole learning history then with the things that we relate them to transforms into this like yeah that madra word now means this thing so everything about that now can become into the room when i say madra to you mm -hmm. um, and so like then you know when as we all know like if if somebody is talking about a past traumatic event even though the event isn't currently happening a lot of the pain and suffering of that event can be very present and you know can make us cry and and um you know have all sorts of reactions to speaking about remembering a past event because these effects will transform across these words mm -hmm. um, so that that um yeah so there's this powerful part to deriving relations so coming back to your question uh mm -hmm. you were sort of saying why why would an RFT understanding help us understand what's going on there for somebody? It's that some of these functions, these psychological functions are transforming. Um, and then combined with, if the strong cultural messages, you shouldn't feel negative things, um, that's gonna get really difficult around um, stuff that challenges. <laughs> my self-concept in a way that makes me feel things that are not pleasant um, and that is likely going to get me then to avoid conceal distort curate an image of myself um, defend an image of myself in ways that are about not wanting to experience whatever is whatever is shown up for me yeah um, so like you know imagine you know somebody say, says something and i derive they think i'm not smart like what are ways I can what are ways that I could not feel bad about that if I don't want to feel what that feels like I mean I suppose I could take them down I could mm -hmm. I could like make them seem like they're nothing because then that's okay or I could come up with lots of stories to why they're wrong or I could hide from live them in, so live in paranoia okay. live in paranoia you know I mean there's so many places I can go with that there's yeah. all the avoidance ways but that's not going to be um it's not going to be broad that's not going to be vital you know and i think mm -hmm. so it's i think the so then accessing this i'm a container and i'm the perspective um gives space you know that that relation <laughs> i'm the perspective um gives the space for me to you know be able to see that you know louise is having these thoughts and these feelings and these will come and they'll go and that's okay but like it's not yourself that's going to be annihilated um you know it's it's just that these are thoughts and feelings can lean into that yeah. from from this safer broader stable sense of self and what's the danger in me just doing that without having a kind of um done a functional assessment of the selfing problems that this this person is having so would you mean like if you just came in with that and session yeah. one yeah we're just the chess i'm you're just just the chessboard man you know well i mean you see i think um with you know i mean i guess an empirical question but some of the skills around being able to uh, you know creative hopelessness that functional assessment piece i guess of noticing all the different things that you do that are ways of avoiding um you, you possibly wouldn't have enough of I mean, a little bit of that might work to some degree, but I think there's mm -hmm. other skills that will certainly bolster it. So like yeah. if, I've, if I've learned lots of skills around acceptance of my internal experiences, um, then when I access that, that awareness of I, it's going to be a um, much more powerful uh, space to go to, to be able to allow all of my experiences. I mean, built into maybe doing it well is doing that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that like, typically you would be doing more um thought noticing of thoughts generally and you know acceptance of feelings generally before the the that stable sense of self piece comes in the typical trajectory of act 
Um, because it's a little bit well, also it's a bit more um it's a bit more out there, you know, and it's 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 it it doesn't feel like what the person came in for as well. So I suppose okay. yeah, as well, you want to have credibility of speakers. So if you sort <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, well I mean, because it could seem a bit um well, you know, it is pretty out there, you know, and maybe people are more ready for that now, but I mean mm-hmm. In Western cultures, I mean, like, you know, because it's more spoken about with mindfulness practices and stuff mm-hmm. being desirable. But, um, yeah, I, I think it, it's a bit of a difficult concept if some of the other building blocks aren't put in place first. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking about, you know, in your in your book, um, uh, find, uh, one one part that I find ex- extremely helpful is think the the section on solving problems, common solving problems, you know, and um, Think about the utility of of just looking through that scope at, at our clients. Yeah, because I suppose there's the variety. So it might be that the like perspective taking just isn't a, a repertoire that I that the individual has, mm-hmm. um, and so then it would be you know training of that because in order to access this awareness, I have to be able to relate in terms of perspective. Um, you know, I have to be able to flexibly get at that I versus you here versus there now mm-hmm. versus then to get this I here now and the witness of my perspective there and then. Yeah. There. Um, so there's and there's things from an RFT point of view and protocols that can be used to train flexibility in those basic repertoires and fluency then once they're there. And then I suppose another area where we can um want to have some building blocks is if if we ha- haven't learned a lot about uh, discriminating our, our experiences or our needs so that we're not very good at, at being able to check in with our own experience mm-hmm. uh, and that can happen if we're um, you know if we if we've learned to navigate the world by following rules or by doing what maybe an authoritarian caregiver has told us that we've kind of learned how to do what we're supposed to do, um, but not really learned how to track what our experience tells us is from our experiences is what we want. From our experiences is not matching what the the consequences, the natural consequence of engaging in the behavior is. Um, well, then that, in that case, we want to help the uh, client or the person that we're working with to be able to learn how to notice from your own experience, what the consequences of maybe following this rule or doing this should is, um, versus yeah, yeah. doing a, you know, maybe people pleasing or you know being a good girl or whatever it might be to, um, so so in in RFT terms, there's sort of we can follow rules that are by just doing what the rule is telling us to do. Um, if you don't touch the cooker, you, you won't get burnt. Um, versus, uh, you know, you can learn from your own experience. I've touched the cooker and I got burnt. I'm not going to touch the cooker again. Um, yeah. And, you know, so it's useful in the sense that we can do that first one because, you know, that for parents, they wouldn't be able to teach their kids every single rule instantly to keep them safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, over time, we want it to be that we're kind of doing the second one, not in the dangerous sense, but like once we are safe in the world, that we are trying to learn from our experience, not trying to just do follow the rules that other people told us without ever knowing and um, mm-hmm. the actual, you know, not mapping, tracking the consequences at all of following the rule for us. Okay. Yeah. Well, one of the things I think about with that is just how one of the things I see in terms of mm, uh, the, around, you know, my own Western individualistic culture is there's just, uh, there's just, I think we just, and I'm going to speak for myself, I guess, is just like, uh, it's socially appropriate and culturally sanctioned to just be kind of thinking about me all the time. And, and um, how do I, I don't know, I, I guess I don't want to demonize too. I just, I just see some toxicity in that. And I think about, you know, more collectivistic cultures that you might ask someone, how are you doing? And they like, what, what do you mean? Well, how am I doing? You know, I don't, I got something I think about, you know, me individualistically. Yeah, and, I, and that that whole emphasis on talking about me is so so emphasized and, and reinforced. Uh, it's on it's 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 just as so on steroids in in our culture and um and the and of course it's the wrong it's probably the wrong game right because it, that, that's just story stuff and that story mm-hmm. stuff just gets us stuck 
from constantly evaluating and comparing myself. And I don't understand that all the evaluating and comparing and creating coherent story about me is just story. Mm-hmm. Then I'm, I'm kind of pulling myself further and further away from why we evolve language. Like we evolve language to belong to the community and the collective, to communicate to each other. Um, to be able to communicate to each other to, to stay survive, to survive as a group initially, of course. But now we sort of overextended this capacity to communicate um, through language, this, this relating, um, mm. to try to, to want to be special as opposed to want to belong. Like somewhere along the way, the, the comparison of me better than you became the thing that I want to be about better than others rather than belonging to this group. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a this distinction, right? The, 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 we're either in the game of, I want to prove if I'm special and better, and that might be with stuff and things mm-hmm. and money. That's how I belong, yeah. Yeah, fabulous. So this, that, the other, all my created image on, on social media, um, mm-hmm. looking better than other and not noticing that belonging is, <laughs> that's not really what belonging is. I, I sometimes um, talk a little bit about my, uh, when my nephew was a kid, he he was he was he was super uh, good at, at school, very young, and he uh, sort of learned that you know, for him being the best was really important, mm-hmm. um, and that but like that is actually a bit of a dangerous game. And he was very young, but he started doing this thing where he used to point out to his peers how he was better than them all the time. So he kind of learned that what makes what's important for me to have my friends to make friends is to tell them how I'm better and show them how special I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like, you know, I'm pretty sure he would have liked friends, but <laughs> also pretty sure nobody, nobody, you know, and the funny thing is, when we hear it about a kid, we can sort of see why. When do I ever love a conversation where someone's trying to prove to me that they're better than me, you know, <laughs> but like so much we're not, we're not we might not be saying that. But so much of the languaging we're doing is trying to say that mm-hmm. in more sophisticated ways, maybe than 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 you know my nephew might have just been saying, "See, I, I got better than you." <laughs> so, but like we might have learned to conceal the you know conceal no. that actual words of the relation. But yeah, you know, um, yeah, and then you know he 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 you know wasn't particularly good sports person, and and like as they got you know as they moved out of that phase as as kids it, from when. Um, you're being told you're all the best at something mm-hmm. into, oh God, I'm not good. I'm not the best at everything. And I'm fundamentally being the best is what makes me okay as a person. Mm. It was a huge crisis. Like he had a huge crisis around, and it was real suffering because, you know, if we sort of just learn that we are and we're enough as we are, that's one thing. If we learn that I'm only valid if I'm the best, not being mm. the best is just horrific um, because it's a total annihilation of, of my whole sense of, yeah. And, and that, that is such a, I think, a useful story because that's, I mean, I, I can relate so much to that and, um, and it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't, I think it's, it's, it, it, it wasn't is it the same, but it was the same, you know, in terms of the function. And um, so, so I'm thinking about, okay, so one way that one, I'm thinking about, I want to I want to get to thinking about selfing with that, but I, I want to ask the question first. If I'm not considering how this how this um, if this these events that played out over time that that um, disrupted his his idea of his sense of self. If I'm not thinking about like self in this way, I wonder if I might. I'm trying to think of how I might work with this person and think about this person, you know, um, as kind of my um, a, 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 a novice hmm. or a beginner action, you know, or CBS practitioner. Yeah. I don't know if that's useful, but you, did you hear something useful in there? Mm. Yeah. So I think that, um, that, and this is where, you know, this is where we want to develop the flexible perspective taking where we mm. want to develop that, that witness eye so that, it isn't the 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 piece the, the rule that me being the best is what's important. I can get enough space and still feel stable in myself from that to be able to see it for what it is. Not useful for me at the moment, mm-hmm. um, and and it's sort of so that's trying to build that stable awareness is is where we can actually look at <laughs> some of these relations in a way that 
because you know just saying to somebody you know trying to be the best isn't isn't <laughs> yeah and I think that I wouldn't say that but I would I I think that <laughs> it, it, I could easily find myself not saying that specifically but communicating that and and because of self as context being the the boogeyman I might kind of put that aside and focus more on values and other processes um, um, and that doesn't mean that through those I don't that there isn't some self-work being done, but I guess, I, I don't know. I just wanted to mention that in terms of, you know, your example. No, exactly. Um, we could try a little exercise, I suppose. We could try a, a nice close exercise that might get at it. Okay. Is you up for that? Yeah. Are you suggest? Are you saying like you could in session do that or? Oh no! I thought well, I thought you, we could do it now. Like yeah, like, sounds good. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like we'll do it eyes closed. I lead you in, but I suppose and for anybody who's listening, like you could just work with this as well. So like yeah, and if you're driving, it's okay. You can close your eyes. Don't worry. This is it's safe. Definitely you drive know? with your eyes closed. I think yeah. that your stable sense of self will see it through. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I think um, so in the service of everyone being able to do this, like what I'm going to ask you is to think of something that that's giving you causing you pain at the moment. Mm -hmm. But I don't want you to tell me what it is. You don't need to. Um, you, you need to connect to what it is, but you don't need to say that. So everybody can think of their own thing. That's a current um, source of some sadness or suffering, mm -hmm. pain in some way. Um, and of course, thinking of something that feels right for this exercise uh, for you to do now um, and not necessarily picking something that's so difficult um, in this context that wouldn't be useful. And let me ask this, would you put any boundaries on what the person consider? Could it be my shoulder hurts or, or should it be some life event? Seems like. Yeah, I mean, I think um, in some ways, yeah, it could be either. It could be either, but w w let's go for something um, that's a little bit more tricky, um, maybe even around interpersonal or okay. um, or maybe, yeah, just, yeah. Maybe okay, okay. In the service of everyone being able to do this, like what I'm going to ask you is to think of something that that's giving you causing you pain at the moment. Mm. But I don't want you to tell me what it is. You don't need to. Um, you you need to connect to what it is, but you don't need to say that. So everybody can think of their own thing that's a current um, source of some sadness or suffering, mm -hmm. pain in some way. Um, and of course, thinking of something that feels right for this exercise uh, for you to do now um, and not necessarily picking something that's so difficult um, in this context that wouldn't be useful. And let me ask this, would you put any boundaries on what the person consider? Could it be my shoulder hurts or, or should it be some life event? Seems like. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, in some ways, yeah, it could be either. It could be either, but let's go for something um, that's a little bit more tricky, um, maybe even around interpersonal, or okay. um, or maybe yeah, just yeah, maybe something okay. More. Okay. Yeah. So I just yeah invite you to. Get comfortable wherever you are. Wow. There's a lot there. So in a way, um, I'm trying to address the question that you had asked with that exercise. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, in a way that we can make space, you know, make that space to access that, that, that wiser, that broader awareness. Hmm. Um, is a gentler way to maybe move from being stuck in a concept or stuck with yeah self story that's vicious or and, and um, work in the 
in the wordless, would you say? Well, we're, yeah, in a sense, we're trying the self as context is sort of not not about any of those evaluations or descriptions or you know in our suffering it, that 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 suffering or when we're having pain with all the languaging we're putting on it mm -hmm. and it's ramping the experience up to what can feel unbearable at times where um it's sort of stopping us having the the initial experience sort of keeping us stuck mm -hmm. so yeah it is it, it, in that sense while it takes we might call verbal things that, that that skill to take perspective is a verbal skill but in a sense it's getting to a space that's not about or as much as possible not being caught in those drive relations just letting them be you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah I'm, I'm pausing and slowing down because i don't i mean i'm willing to talk about my experience but i also i don't want to uh, make it too much about me <laughs> uh you know, I'd, no, I'd no like to there. <laughs> oh yeah, that's I nice. I like, I like, I like the catch of that. You're like caught between. I don't yeah. want to my story. And, well, you know, I think, um, you know, it's it's not, and this might be a good example of it's not, it's it's not that it's not me. It's that it's parts of me, mm -hmm. um, and so we don't. Uh, it's not like it's not necessary to deny it it's more that you know this too will change and and um if i see that as something that is me fundamentally to be defended um and those aspects of where the suffering is mm -hmm. i'm not going to be able to respond in the ways that might be the most vital for me um yeah like yeah. Yeah. I'm just noticing, I guess, also some pause because I'm finding my mind wanting to kind of um, tell, explain my experience there. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to take away from the special, specialness of it. I love this, um, um, something I've been playing with recently. And that's like this, 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 um, and it's not of my own invention, but kind of like don't don't give that thought to your mind don't give this idea to your mind yeah i guess i mean there's like a deep reservoir of of something i don't want to put words around it that is it was accessible there and um um from that some really sweet words came um that uh offered me guidance and um, felt very much in line with what uh, how I want to be and how I want to um, how I want to live so I'm, I'm really grateful thank you yeah thank you for for that I think this is the the essence of it like that that wiser mind that I who's known across all experiences yeah we, we can access that yeah yeah i want and i want to I'm, I'm i'm i've been having some um return to some uh studies that i haven't quite experienced in some time and um i'm almost I, i'm a little bit scared to even say, share it with you because uh, i don't i I guess I'll say why, because I'm worried you'll be like, oh no, that's, you know, bad or something. You won't approve of it. And then it's going to ruin my experience. That's why I'm scared. Uh, but so, oh. <laughs> so I preface what I'm about to say with that. So you can just, you know, oh, yeah. whatever, <laughs> but, but um, I found that, you know, some of these mystical thinkers, especially from Indian traditions, um, have a lot of guidance for me around this and thinking about self, you know, um, thinking of, you know, like, like there's this guy Muji. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, him. Yeah. No. He's, he's, um, but yeah, Eckhart Tolle and the power of now. Oh, yeah. Well, he talks yeah. A lot he's, he, he's an extension of, of, I think of that, but in his own, I'm not going to say he's like, you know, uh, has anything to do with Eckhart Tolle, but he's his own, he's his own man. 
But in terms of just kind of considering these questions, um, I don't, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of, it's, there's a lot of beauty there for me in, in, in thinking about the self. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, wisdom of the East, I think, has been um, there for so long in, 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 in an understanding of the importance of this type of awareness and this type of um, grounding in our own experience and the fact that our own experience is the only thing we have and our distortions of that, distorting that is really distorting the only thing that we have. Yeah. The only thing we have is we get to experience things, we get experiences and to not want to, to be fighting those, to be fighting that is, it's really sad. Um, yeah. So I find myself. And then we think that there's the wisdom of the West as well. And I think that's the, you know, the, the lab-based science that can now sort of came to the same places in, in understanding the importance of this awareness. Um, so relational frame theory um, would have come there through the, the basic, basic science, looking at trying to understand language and trying to understand how it is that humans can follow arbitrary rules, like um, in ways that other species can't. And then seeing that, oh, we can do this. It's amazingly efficient uh, in terms of acquisition of knowledge and inheritance of information across generations. But it's really problematic because I can follow rules at the expense of learning from my experience, mm -hmm. uh, which means I can be following rules that are, are absolutely out of contact with uh, my experience and what might be vital and meaningful for me. Um, I can be following outdated rules from others, from society, even ones I generate myself that aren't, aren't workable. Um, so I think an, an RFT is a sort of basic lab-based understanding of what this is. Like once you start to understand rules and language in this operant way of, of you know, this arbitrary relating, these patterns of arbitrary relating, you can see how, ah, <laughs> it's very important that we come back to this space of this sort of uh, stable sense of self that isn't caught up in all those arbitrary relations, evaluations, and shoulds, musts, all that. Because mm -hmm. um, when we're in the evaluation game, you know, it's a little bit like, you know, that little kid who wants to prove he's the best. It's just going to keep going on steroids. Like it's going to keep going into, yeah. I want to have the best car. I want to have the nicest house. I need to have the most beautiful partner. I need to have these gorgeous clothes to be, you know, all these things versus, um, you know, because that's where it's going to go, right? Because if it's comparison, if that's the game of comparison, I can keep wanting more. And I can yeah. even, yeah, that not feel like I don't live up to the ideal Louise that I'd like to be today, which is someone who didn't procrastinate for an hour at lunchtime. And so, <laughs> you know, I'm not that ideal Louise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, but whereas if we go this route, you know, the other road, route, once we start going into this sort of stable sense of I across time, then the interconnectedness and the belonging piece comes to the fore, you know? When all these thoughts and evaluations are just things that pass over time, the importance of that sort of is de-emphasized and more the connection, the connection to ourself, to our experience, to others as conscious human beings becomes much more uh, vital or mm -hmm. much more obvious to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I like that a lot. And I'm, I, I, what comes up for me as I, I hear you talking about that and just thinking about, you know, you're obviously someone who's um, very much well-versed in RFT. And for those of us who are, are novices, would you say, I mean, like, I'm just thinking about the, you know, the terminology and how you go about thinking when you're, when you're sitting across or someone or, or just, you know, um, I mean, are you, are you, are you thinking about derivation, complexity, and like you know, when, when all that gets set up, like the understanding of what is operant behavior is this idea around it being sort of malleable or flexible, and and then you know, then other parts of the RFT thing are around when we drive relations, we're creating coherence, hmm. um, and we like coherence. Um, so, am I thinking about that? Because um, I guess what I'm asking is, is, is uh, what I'm after a lot with, with what I'm doing here is, is trying to help people to think functionally. And, uh, yeah. and, and I'm just wondering, how do you suggest someone who's getting into RFT start to play around with this? Is it I'm going through and thinking about derivation, coherence, complexity, flexibility to kind of assess someone or I don't know. I mean, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I suppose if you like, you can certainly come in it that way. So like, I mean, if you want to, you know, um, if you're looking for the cavities, you know, if, you, if the dentist looking for the cavities, um, I mean, you can poke around and see like how coherent is this story with the rest of this person's narrative, this thing that mm -hmm. they're saying. Um, and you can sort of be poking around how flexible is it? Um, you know, and I, I yeah, I, and I, I think we probably are thinking in those terms because it's like the stuff that's really rigid is the stuff that we probably want to build flexibility with. Um, you know, and if the story is, is um, you know, it's how derived is it, uh, you know, the higher loan derivation is like, mm -hmm. is this worn out old? Is this something that they've had hanging around for a long time? Is this just a, a new rule that they've sort of picked up more recently? Um, yeah. Newer stuff's more likely to be less, uh, more malleable and, and less resistant, um, yeah, resistant to change. Mm -hmm. So like in that way, I suppose you, you kind of would be, and I think an, an ACT therapist would be thinking about those things as well, like, hey, with these stories how how rigid is a person around these stories is there any flexibility where there isn't flexibility that i might want to do some work with those particular aspects so they get the um understanding that those stories are just part of themselves too um not just the easy ones that we're happy to get mm -hmm. rid of but these ones that we're clinging on to um so i you know it's like i i, I think the understanding of language definitely facilitate will facilitate um what you're doing I, yeah. Okay. yeah i guess you know when you if, if that's the way you view the world and if you're you're fluent in that in one way then when you're in a, another context you might not be having the exact thought of um how high in coherence is this but you know but but it is sort of that's informing what you're thinking about it's like okay mm -hmm. this coherent this coherent story that they have has lots of <laughs> different elements to it they're really fueling this story and they're defending it at a level where they're willing to add layers to the story rather than to actually let the story fall apart um, yeah okay so i'm hearing you say develop some fluency and hold it lightly yeah. <laughs> i think yeah what yeah. works see what works for you yeah i think so i think so i think you know depending on what you want to do i mean if you want to train these repertoires um in a, a young kid who may be nonverbal, like you want, might want to have a different understanding of different aspects of rft you know and like that, that smart learning training and and the stuff that mm -hmm. sarah Caston and brian roach do like you might want to or what darren Carnes might do if that's what you want to do and who you're working with you might want to have a nuanced view of how to multiply use a multiple exemplar training to train these mm -hmm. particular relations uh if i'm in front of a a client who's got a um, you know really overly fused negative self concept, um, then you know yeah I mean I might think a little bit more in terms of other aspects of uh, our understanding of this sort of arbitrary relating and um, where it's problematic and it might be more that I'm, I want to think in terms of how can I help them with mm -hmm. perspective relating and how can I help them. Um, how can I help build this sort of container sense of self, which is a hierarchical relation? How can I build perspective and, and that container piece? That is, I'm thinking in terms of RFT, mm -hmm. um, but it might be more palatable. <laughs> yeah. Palatable. To use those sort of words that I was saying, container. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Relation, hierarchical yeah. relation, you know. Yeah. yeah, palatable to the ears. I think, yeah, yeah, palatable to the ears. <laughs> and if you're driving, you can open your eyes now. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should say, I should say, because we live in a very litigious society, yeah, at least yeah. I, in the United States. So don't drive with your eyes closed, please. It's not good Disclaimer, for you. It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> when I, when I was, I was traveling, uh, actually in India and I, and I um, met some, some friends and we were, you know, just going to know each other. And there were a couple from England. And one of their first questions for me was, how many people have you sued? <laughs> God. Yeah, God, because that's how you know how many people see the United States, which is not too far off from the truth. So, uh, I have I have a couple of questions just uh, uh, that are lingering here. I'm wondering if um, part of the challenge in meditation is that we're trying to orient away from verbal responding. Yeah, and I suppose we can never step out of it, um, but. It, it, but but I think noticing the the derived relations is is useful. Noticing that activity in flight, um, but there is something verbal about accessing that um, that awareness as well. Like even as we can never really fully be there. Like we kind of get there, but we're sort of verbalizing about it. Mm -hmm. um, it's even the flexibility to be able to get there. 
Um, but, but yeah, but I, you know, I think some of the. Because the there has been established by our, the, the, the history we have around, um, the, 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 it's been built up through, through language, historical language, the context of this there that I'm pointing towards. Yeah, like even the fact that I can access an awareness of an eye that has experienced across my life is a verbal thing to be able to do that. You know, that's really sophisticated. Um, a baby can't do that before they have language, you know, like mm -hmm. a, um, my dog can't do that. Like they can't know that, that they can't access this awareness, this, this so transcendental awareness of self experiences across time. Okay. Um, but yeah, but I suppose that what they, these these practices are, are, I guess, powerfully doing is helping us to notice this action of deriving relations that we're so caught in, you know, that we just sort of become the noticer of it. Um, whether that's the story about myself or whatever, I'm uh, comparing, relating, evaluating, judging in that moment, all those patterns of relating. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's helpful. Is there anything that that's coming up for you that, that you know, is around selfing and, and this topic that you think we that was lingering or might be helpful for folks? I mean, I'm, there's there's a million things, but in, in regards to, you know, the trajectory <laughs> we've been on. Yeah, I think, you know, there's that, that thing that they, they say in acceptance and uh, commitment therapy, which is the um, kill yourself every day. Um, mm. And I think that's sort of a, you know, it's it's a really nice way to look at this. Like I can let go of any of those thoughts or stories from yesterday. I don't have to carry them to tomorrow uh, unless they're useful to do so. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't need to defend a past self that I constructed yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and stick with her unless she's useful to me. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, beautiful. But don't don't do that literally. Never do that literally. <laughs> don't laugh about that either, Marcel. Okay. Um, and your verbal self every day, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and find a way to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that um, you know what worked for me uh, 20 years ago isn't what or 20 days ago isn't necessarily what's most uh, present and alive for me now in terms of how I get there. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a master at it by any means, but I, I just want to concur with what you're saying as a, a beautiful yeah. experience for me. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Well, um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to send you a video emoji video and uh, I'll, maybe I'll put a link in there and people can, you know, enjoy or not enjoy or whatever. Well, I really, I really am so appreciative of, of your time and sharing of your wisdom and uh, thank you. Okay. But I'm getting stronger. They take a piece of me.